We want to welcome you to the New Song Podcast, coming to you from beautiful Colorado Springs. We love receiving your prayer requests and comments at newsongcs.com. Thanks for listening as Pastor Steve Hibden shares an encouraging word of God's love. We are in a series called So Last Year, and actually today is our last one, where we're talking about truths that are worth repeating over the last year that we've heard um, in, in, in message format, but perhaps have more um, application now than ever before, because I don't know if you know, but we are going through uh, something very unusual. And sometimes the Bible makes sense to us, and sometimes it makes even more sense when our context is different. And that's, the con that's what we're dealing with right now. In fact, the Bible says, you gain faith by hearing things over and over. So I plan to preach this today three times before we leave. So you're just going to stay all day long, act like you thought it was funny or something, react. I want to hear a reaction. Oh, please don't do that, Stephen. I want to call this message, listen, from so last year, I want to call this, Do You Dig? Do You Dig? The first time we did this message, I gave everyone a spoon and I said, imagine this spoon as your shovel to dig your well. And I'm going to explain it to you as we go. Look, look at the screen today with me, and um, if you can see it there, or if you need to look on your Bible, it's, we're going to look at Genesis 26, uh, verse 15. And this, uh, this was a story that was told, and it says this, now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug, talking about Abraham, oh, it says it right there, in the days of Abraham, his father, and they filled them with earth. Wells are not important that much anymore unless you live maybe out like at Rick and Marilyn's house or different places. You guys have a well out there? That's where you get your water. We get our water from Costco, so I don't know. But we can't drink the water from our faucet. Maybe it's good, I don't know, but I haven't even tried it since I left California. But the, but the um, wells used to be a lot more important than they are today because that's where you got your water, which that's where you got your life because if you didn't have water, you would die of... Uh, thirst. You would you not have water, and it also feeds your crop, all kinds of stuff. It's so important, and if you had a well in your property, you were a wealthy person. That's where they got the word wealthy from the word well. Actually, not really. I don't think so. But, you know, they, they were very wealthy people because any land that you had around that well, you automatically owned it if it was your, your well. All right, enough about that. Then it goes on to say in verse 18, let, let's look at this, Genesis 26, 18. They dug the wells, and then in 18 it says this, And Isaac dug again the wells of water, which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father, for the Philistines had stopped them up. Um, had, had covered them with dirt. Um, they, the Philistines didn't want them to live, so they covered them with dirt. Therefore, they didn't have anything to drink. And um, if the Lord has spoken to me anything in these last three months, four months, five months, six months, I think we're at seven now, I think, right? The last seven months, he said this. And he's probably said the same to you. Going forward... Listen, going forward as a person of any kind of faith, 
but especially as a Christ follower, if you look at Jesus as like your savior, going forward, serving Jesus is not going to be business as usual. It's not just going to be the same. It's not business as usual. Does anyone agree with me in the room? Say amen. Say yes. I Raise your hand. See that you're here. Amen. It's not going to be business as usual. I don't care if you agree with me. I will tell you. Life is not. And you're like, yeah, I guess that does make sense. Life is not going to be business as usual. And Lord, we're just going to take a moment right now. I know we've prayed three times in a row, right in the middle of a church. I guess that's okay. And we pray that you would let your church arise and shine for our light has come as the prophets said. Lord, let us shine our light. Let us orchestrate our instruments all together. Let the dispensation of the Holy Spirit fall on our on our world, on our churches. Lord, let your gifts be exercised and let us use every weapon in our arsenal, spiritual weapon I'm talking about, that uh, causes the enemy to flee and causes the work of the Holy Spirit to flourish. Lord, inside these walls, we want to see your Holy Spirit move, but also outside does anyone agree outside? We want to see the power of God. We want to see the presence of God. In Jesus' name, I pray that you would anoint this time together, anoint our ears, anoint our worship, because as we speak today, we're going to be talking about how important worship is in our life, and let us apply it as we close this service with some powerful worship in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. That's an easy thing to do. Say amen to a prayer. You, you're not a great, you just say, I love Jesus. Say amen. Isaiah 59 says, the enemy will come in like a flood. I need this, this like buffer here because I keep, I keep coming out. The enemy will come in like a flood or like a fire or like an earthquake or like a disease. And then it says in Isaiah 59, 19, but I will raise up a standard against it, saying that I, you know, I, I, I figured this out a long time ago. Sometimes I do weird stuff like that just to make sure everyone's listening. I figured this out a long time ago, and I will raise up a standard. I will raise up a power against it because the enemy will not be victorious. In these last days, we need to make sure there is not a well covered up. We need all of our wells open to drink from. That's where we get our life. And I would say that there are some, and I won't get ahead of me myself, but there's some that have been filled up. And it says that we, we just read that in our text that Abraham had dug them, but then the Philistines filled them. And so Isaac came and unclogged them. We need Isaacs. Who's willing to be an Isaac? If you everybody raise their hand, then we can just go home. Okay, then we're good. We all need to be an Isaac. We need to get rid of the dirt on our wells so that the Holy Spirit can do what he needs to do. I mean, this preaches, this encourages me today. Um, is there an Isaac available to dig wells? Raise your hand. Yes, we did. We said that. Can I submit to you just simply two actions that the latter-day church that's what you have become maybe we've been this for a while I don't know how long the latter days are the end days but the latter-day church here are two actions we need to make sure that we carry out if we were to usher in 
Jesus return. I don't know if he's coming tomorrow, if he's coming in a decade, but he's coming back. And for the first time in my life, I feel such a quickening inside to make sure I'm ready all the time because I don't know when he's going to come. And I know it. Yeah, wait, that's a, that's for another day. But here's the, here's the first action. Dig and you can put this on the screen. Dig again the wells. Dig again the wells. That's an obvious one. It says um, that Isaac did this. We don't need another church service. We, we don't. We, it's nice. We, it's, it's helpful. I, I believe it's essential in some ways, but we don't need... Hey, Dennis. I didn't, how's it going, man? I haven't seen you. I haven't seen a lot of you forever, but really I have not seen you in a long time. But um, we don't need another church service. We need more than a church service. If we've noticed anything in the last while, we don't just need church. We need a move of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not trying to be like um, fancy and be a cheerleader, but we do. We need a move of the Holy Spirit to unclog some wells. I'm going to list some wells that I believe have a lot of dirt in them, and some of them are completely filled to the top. Could you put up that next slide? I think I listed some there. We need to, uh, we need to uncover the wells of morality, repentance, revival, a hunger for his word, a desire for prayer. We don't have that in our day. A deliverance from sin. A reverence for God's house. We need to uncover the well of healing, of miracles. Oh, man, we got a lot of work to do, my friends. We need to uncover the well of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If God is ever going to cause the greatest revival that we've ever seen in our lives, these wells need to be open. Can I hear an amen? Second, I know I ask it a lot today, but I need the, I need the participation because it's not up to just me. I hope, because it's not going to happen if it's just up to me. We need all of us. The second action we need to do, we need to uncut, dig again the wells, and the second action is this. We need to leave the names the same. What, what do you mean there? It said in our, in our text, it said that Isaac dug again the wells, but in verse 18 it says, he called them by the names which his father had called them. This is Jacob's well. This is Abraham's well. This is Bob's well. He named them the same. He didn't change the names. In the day we live, we don't need to be old-fashioned. I understand that. There are, um, there are some methods and there are some strategies as you, as a Christian, need to that need to have facelifts so that you can reach certain people. You don't do it the same way, some of the methods and strategies. But, listen, there are some things you don't need to rename. You don't need to change. You don't need to um, give a trendy vibe to, all right? And I'm not talking about any specific church or anything. I'm just talking about us in general. There are some things. Let me give you an example. You don't need to change the name of salvation. Salvation is salvation, I will encourage you with this for a minute. You have family members. You have kids that don't know Jesus. Don't get too worried. Don't think that they're too far away. Don't think they've been away from Jesus too long. Because there is still a well called salvation that is powerful enough to save them. 
He, Jesus will save them. You don't save them. You do your part, but God does his part. And there is still a well called salvation and is still bringing people back to Jesus. And he will do this, do the same for your families. All I say is this, don't stop digging. Don't stop, well, what, is, oh, what do I do to dig? Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying for them. Don't stop believing for them. Don't, start, don't stop trusting. Oh, forget it. It's never going to happen. It's impossible. Don't do that. Don't do that with anything with, when it has to do with God. Because with God, when we have the bulletin, the bulletins stay real big at the top. With God, all things are possible. God, there is still a well of, salva uh, of salvation. Repentance. Holy Spirit baptism. Don't change these names just because you don't see a lot of people repenting, just because you yourself don't like to repent. It's still a well that needs to be opened, and don't change the name. People need to repent. People need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. These wells we don't need to rename. We, don't, we just need to uncover the dirt. Now, I want to close with a few thoughts, and we're going to get into some worship. And the thoughts are this that there's a lot of these wells that we mentioned that I think a precursor, which I've never used the word before, but it sounds good, precursor to, to opening these wells is this, worship. Worship. I'm not talking just worship on a Sunday morning at 10, 15 to 10.35 with a bunch of people, although that's my favorite kind of worship. Worship is our lives. Everything we do, everywhere we go, it must be exuding glory to God, glory to God in every part of our lives. Well, some of us, some of us, sometimes we don't do that, but that's what we're, that's what we're called to, all right? So worship is, is, pretty, is pretty inclusive of a lot of our lives. But when we open up the well of worship, some of these other wells will open. And I want to uh, give you just uh, quickly two or three thoughts. The last thought is barely a thought, but it, it, it is still a thought. Thoughts about worship, all right? And here's the first thought. Worship at its core, and you can put it up on the screen. Worship at its core is all about water. Everybody say water. Make sure you're listening. Listen, this is what I mean. John 4, uh, verse 14 and then verse 23. I'm going to look at those. Jesus was hanging out with um, his friends. He went to a well. At this well, he met a woman. This woman was away from Jesus. She needed salvation. Jesus talked to her and she said, I need a drink of water. Jesus said it to her first. She was there to get a drink of water for herself. And he explains to her that what I have to give you, Jesus said, what I have to give you is like water to your soul. We're going to read it. It says John 4, 14. Whoever, by the way, when he's talking to this lady, it's really cool. I didn't plan this, but when I look back, the well that they're talking about is the, one of the same wells we talked about in Genesis, Jacob's well. Isaac redug it. It was Jake, it was his dad's well. And this is the well they're at, which is just perfect. Doesn't that just work out? That's how the Bible works. Whoever drinks the water, this lady was needing 
needing something. Who needs something today? We all do. If you don't admit it, you do. We all need something. And you know who else is very needy? Very in need of a drink? That there are so many people around us that are so hurting, so ready to get a drink. And Jesus says this, whoever drinks the water I give them, this is kind of an impossible statement, but that's how Jesus is. The, whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. That means if we thirst, if we desire, if we don't find satisfaction, if we are not blessed, if we are not feeling uh, the wind of God and God's presence on our life, that we haven't drank of the water or else we drank of it and we, we didn't get a good enough drink. Because he says, whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, then he gets really deep, really deep. He says, the water I give them, it'll actually become, when I give this to them, salvation, Jesus, I don't, there's a lot to it. But when I get, what I give them, It'll become a water inside them. They'll be their own well. They'll be their own spring. And it'll just keep coming out of them. Life, 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 love, love, grace, grace, joy, peace, patience, kindness. It'll come out of them, the water I give them. Worship is all about water. Because this lady said, where do I worship? And, and what is worship about? And this is what Jesus answers with saying, whoever drinks the water. People are thirsty. They need a drink. People have walked through one of the driest valleys their soul has ever walked through. And they need water. They need water. And we have it. We can give it to them. I'm talking about outside, but then it's really nice to apply it to yourself. You have the water for yourself. You're tired. You're, you're weary. You're thirsty. You have the water. And it comes in the form of worship. Then in verse 23, he says this. Jesus says, because the lady's still not getting it, she goes, do I worship on that mountain? Do I worship at that church? Do I worship, uh, do, do I put my, something over my head? Do I, how do I do this? And Jesus says this, a time is coming. A time is coming. Jesus always was talking about this time, the day of the Lord, the kingdom of God. It means a lot of things. But part of what he's saying when he says a time is coming is there's a time coming. And I wonder when that time is. I believe that time is now. A time is coming. It's finally where I read the Bible and I read about Jesus. And don't, don't think I'm reading too much into this. I feel like finally some of the things Jesus is saying I actually understand because they're for me right now. I know they were for my mom and my grandma and their time too, but I think more than ever, the time has come. A time is coming. It's here. Now is that time. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. It's not business as usual. You worship... We worship sometimes not in spirit, not in truth. We worship a Jesus that we don't believe has the water that we need. 
We worship uh, less than who we believe God really is. And a time is coming when he's looking for people who don't just settle for a nice song, but they worship in spirit, in spirit. They are a spirit man, a spirit woman. There is, they are spirit just as much as they, were, they are physical. We worship in spirit and in truth, not in falsities, not in accusations, not in criticisms, not in mixed up um, disunity. We worship in truth. We worship in truth. It's about getting back to the heart of worship, where it's all about you. That's why I'm not a worship leader. To worship in spirit and truth is a simply, essentially saying superficial worship in the day we live is not going to be enough. Because when you worship, you need to make transactions in the spiritual realm. It's not about, oh, a nice little... And I know I'm not talking just about worship, worship, but let's talk about it just for a minute. When you sing a song, when you take some time to pray and worship God, there needs to be spiritual transactions taking place in a spiritual realm. It doesn't, you don't walk away from worship. Well, that was nothing. I didn't, nothing much happened. We're supposed to be fighting battles in worship. And Jesus, Jesus is expecting when we get our posture set to, to think on him and to worship him, that we're going to do some business in the spiritual realm. We're going to bring down some strongholds. We're going to experience the fullness and the demonstration of the power of God. There are things I've read about that God did in the past that were wells that have been covered, and I've never seen some of the demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit that I've read about in books because it's gotten covered up by sin, by people, by stuff, by the Philistines. The sad thing is the Philistines aren't just the bad guys. They're in the church. Some of us are Philistines. Some We cover up that well because we don't want to get too... Uh, full of the Holy Spirit. We don't want to see the power of God. We don't believe that miracles still happen. We need to uncover the wells. We need to dig them again. Number two, worship is about water. Worship is deeper than we've accessed. I won't spend a lot of time on this, but I remember going to a farm when I was younger, a uh, teenager, and, the, and the, I drank from a well at the farm. And I said, oh my gosh, this water is like the best water I've ever drank, drunk before. How do you say drinking? Drink. Drank before. This water is delicious. And he said, oh wait, you haven't tasted anything. Come over to this well over here. This is where we get our drinking water for the house. And I took a drink of this, and I don't know how to explain it because water is water, but it was like the best. It was like better water than I've ever had before. It was like like a different drink and it was so cold and he said obviously this one over here is our this is our drinking water well and it's so much deeper than this one and you're not going to find better water more pure water in the whole world than comes that comes out of this well and i think it's the same with our worship we drink from worship we we receive from god and the holy spirit and we're drinking from a shallow well 
And the well is so much deeper than we've ever experienced. He wants us to access such a deeper presence that he has for each of us that is going to be where you're going to find your sustenance, where you're going to find your satisfied satisfaction for your thirst. The Bible's clear uh, in different places that, the, that worship is about... Um, is, is the temple was a picture of worship. And in the old temples, in the, in the Old Testament and into the New Testament, there was the first area that was called the outer courts, and then there was another area, and there's a lot of little segments to this area, but it was called the inner courts. And um, most people worshiped in the outer courts. They came, they did their ritual, they gave their sacrifice, they brought their dove, and they went home, they came, they left, they went home, they came, they left. It sounds a lot like church to me. They came and left and went. And then the pastors, or the, like the priests, they would go into the inner courts where that's where actually God's presence was. It was the holy of holies. This is where God lived at the time. Now he lives in our hearts. He lives all around us, but then he lived there. And so the people couldn't go into there, but obviously you know where I'm going. What Jesus did at Easter that we all didn't get to celebrate together was that Jesus died on the cross, and while he died on the cross, something really cool happened. A veil, a curtain, tore in half in an actual temple in the town that, that separated the outer courts and the inner courts. In a way, in, in, in a real way, saying to all of us, now there is no curtain there. You can come into my inner courts. You can come into the deepest access of the well of worship that you've ever experienced before. But what do we do? We settle. We settle for the outer courts. We do our thing. We do our thing. We go home. And it's nothing against us for not being spiritual enough. But in order to see the dirt uncovered over so many wells that need to be uncovered in our, in our culture, in the, in our, in the culture out there, I need, I need my friends that don't go to church to see that God is a miracle-working God. I need to let them see that God is truly powerful, that he's not sitting doing nothing. We need to get past business as usual, go out, go past those outer courts into the inner courts. Would the worship team come forward? Only in the inner courts will we see wells of morality, wells of repentance, wells of revival opened, wells of gifts of the spirit, wells of deliverance from sin. Who would, don't raise your hand, but who needs something from Jesus that the wells needs to be open in your life? I do, I do. If I was to be honest with you, would you just do something for a minute? Close your eyes, bow your heads, ask the Lord, God, what, what have I covered up? What have I not accessed about you? What have I, um, what's an easy way to say this? How do I get, how do I get closer to you? How do I go from business as usual to serious transactions in the spiritual realm, fighting battles, and accessing the power of God in my life. Would you show me? Would you open up 
my eyes to see the wicked ways, the bad ways in me, and get rid of them? Would you start to take the dirt? I know I'm supposed to uncover dirt from wells so that our kids and our kids' kids can see the goodness of God, but would you uncover some dirt in my life? In Jesus' name. You know, the picture I get of these days that we live in, I don't see the church um, dead, tired, sleeping. I see, and I always see uh, the glass half, half full anyways, but I believe this is also a spiritual uh, like picture I get. I see a picture of the church, and we, are, we want to see God move. We don't want to see injustice in our country. We don't want to see disease. We don't want to see disunity. We want to see love abound. Amen? We want to see that. And I feel like God is just, it's like a slingshot. He's just pulling us back. He's pulling us back. And as you pull back further and further, you know what happens. And at some point, although we might have been stifled or muffled or people have been um, ridiculed and criticized and, and, um, and just been dis, dis, uh, disrespected. People in our day have been disrespected in our country. I don't like that. But the church is still the church, and God is pulling us back pulling us back and at some point he's gonna let us go we are going and we're going to soar and we are going to see God do things that we would never believe that we would see him do in us we would never think we could do it but as he pulls us back he's gonna let us go and we're going to enter into inner courts of worship we're gonna see deeper wells we're going to see God do things say amen that's going to take something from all of us. And would you stand with me? It's going to take, um, this is the last thought, it's going to take sacrifice. Make sure to dig. Worship requires sacrifice. It requires praying. It requires seeking God. Well, I don't want to do all that. Well, you don't have a choice because we're in a day when we all need to do our thing. And if, if, if I end up saying, we end up standing too long right now, feel free to sit, but I... Sometimes I do that just to make sure you're engaged. Stand to your feet. If you want to sit, you can. But just stay engaged with me for a minute. Because I see just like in, um, in Noah's day, I feel like Noah was ridiculed, criticized, and he, he was saying, God is real. God is on the throne. And would you start to play that song? Um, what happened in Noah's day is that people were treating him bad and he kept building, he kept being obedient and then what did he feel, what did he see? Something they'd never seen before, raindrops. They started to fall, they started to fall and then so much how Noah looked like a moron and everyone else looked like the smart people, it changed. And I'm not saying we're to look like uh, morons in front of the world, we, we wanna show them love, yes I know, uh, what I'm saying is that in this day you feel like God, are you doing anything? Are you gonna? Are you gonna? Are you gonna pour out your spirit on all flesh like you said you were? Are you gonna? Are you gonna really work? And before you know it, you're gonna start to feel raindrops, and they're gonna start to fall, and they're going to be encouraging to you, and they're not going to be judging 
judging raindrops. They're going to be loving, gracious, merciful raindrops. And people are going to start to see who Jesus truly is. That he's not what the ugliest Christian that you've ever seen before is. It's not a picture of who Jesus is. The Jesus that, that is real is going to be the most loving personification of God that you've ever seen before. It's going to be amazing. And he's going to pour out his spirit and he's going to rain down on us. And it comes through us seeking him. It comes through us um, expecting. And would you expect with me that God is going to move on our lives? Just lift your hands or do something of yourself and say, Jesus, I need you. I need you. Today as we we close in these last... uh, time together and worship. Thanks for listening today. Remember, God wants to do the impossible through you and me. We encourage you to become a deeper part of what we are doing. Visit us at newsongcs.com and become a giver to the New Song Foundation and an investor in bringing this message of Jesus across the world. God bless you.